On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I discuss where I've been for the last however long. I talk about deeply planning my life to make it neater and more effective. And I discuss the idea that the only two things that you can manage in life are planning your time and managing your energy. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 174 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, hello, hope you're well. Hope you have had a good few weeks since we were last here. It's really embarrassing, actually. I was looking the other day at the analytics for this podcast and realized that I published two episodes since like the 25th of August, which is fucking crazy. So like, number one, I apologize. Number two, I really am determined to just get back to doing this consistently because for all of the reasons that we've spoken about in the past, I really love this podcast as an outlet to just sit and chat and catch up and share some thoughts and whatnot. And Things have been very busy. As you know, I won't bore you with the normal monologue as to where I've been, but I want to do it more consistently because I miss it. I had this kind of yearning to sit down today and do this episode, not even for any particular reason, more just that it's been so long and I've kind of missed the consistency of having this Thursday sit down where I sit here in the office on my own with the microphone, have a chat, and then know the next morning that it's there for you to listen to. So, This is all to say that I really do want to be serious about doing this consistently in the future and lots actually of what I'm going to speak about today isn't necessarily about content or the podcast but it's about some of the wider thought processes that I have been going through recently which are definitely going to inform the rest of this year and by the time I sit down to plan next year they're probably going to bleed across into much of what I want next year to be about. And I guess the place to start is to tell you that I've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of planning because I feel like my life in 2020, 2021, even actually 2019, as far back as then, was really neat. It was really consistent. Everything, both physically and figuratively, kind of had its place and it had its time slot. And everything that I wanted to get done got done. Everything was fairly tidy and life was, I don't want to say easy because I'm sure if I were to go back there, there would have been challenges that felt just as real then as the challenges do now. However, as a byproduct of being busier, which by the way is great, busy is good. I appreciate that many businesses are not in the position right now of being busy. We are busy. That's good news and I'm appreciative of it. However, as a byproduct of that, I feel like lots of the optional areas in my life, and I keep using this phrase on the vlog if you've watched it recently, lots of the optional things in my life that don't really need to get done, but that are good for me, that should be getting done, I've been slacking on. And slacking is quite an emotive word. It makes it sound like I feel terrible for doing so or that I'm a bad person. I don't mean it like that, but there's just lots of things that back when things were neater, back when things were less busy, I was better at, right? I've probably told you before about the gym pictures in my iPhone from the end of 2019, where 
I mean, compared to now, at least I was wham. I'm like, fuck, how did I get my body to look like that? And of course, the answer is just, I just turned up to the gym four days a week, every week for a year. And the changes came about. And of course, I was afforded the opportunity to do that because things were less busy. But the same is true with like sleep and wake times and diet and getting steps in and all of these little optional things. And then of course, more recently, these things include the podcast and the vlog and the content and la 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 and all these different things that you know about. So I won't go into the exhaustive list, but it feels like more recently, because I'm busier, my life has been messier, right? And messy means inconsistent and inconsistent means not great progress despite being busy despite the business moving forward and we've signed two very big projects within the last like 40 days alone great news amazing however it means that the other areas of my life which i'll be honest are just as important to me they hold just as much significance they just haven't had the time and the attention that they once did and you know that's that's particularly frustrating when you've been there right when you have been at a point in life where at least when I think back, you were really productive and you were really kind of dialed in on all of these optional things that were pushing your life ahead to then realize that in some ways, at least you have regressed is frustrating because I know that I can be there again, right? I've done all of these things before. I know that with better processes in place. I paused there because I almost used the phrase that I'm about to use, which is kind of the big unlock of all of this. I'll get to that in a minute. With better processes in place, I can be there again. And so this time last week, actually last Tuesday, so just over a week ago, I kind of had this realization that I'm not going to accidentally fall back into having that consistency, right? I'm not going to suddenly wake up one day and be less busy or feel like I have more time or there's more hours in the day or I have more energy, right? These things don't just happen. They have to be done proactively. And so I had this realization and it kind of came to a head where last Tuesday I grabbed my little laptop, the one that I write the book on, literally has nothing installed on it. It's just like Google Docs on a little MacBook from a few years ago. I grabbed that. I jumped in the car because it kind of brought back the vibes of charging the electric car, which I used to love doing, sitting there on the laptop, doing guest outreach or whatever I used to do while sat charging the car. I tried to replicate that, a nice kind of focused, contained bubble where I was on my own on this laptop. And I essentially pulled up a Google Doc and answered a bunch of questions that I had posed to myself about how can I make life that bit more consistent, that bit neater so that I can get more done and crucially so that I can make more progress in more areas of life rather than getting siloed into just focusing on the business and everything else kind of falling short as a result of that because we know how that game ends right we all know people who have very very successful careers and then they get to their 40s or their 50s and they realize that they're fucking miserable and their health has deteriorated and they don't like the person they are and they don't have hobbies and they don't have a social network and all of these things right so Kind of proactively stopping that before I get too far down the silo was part of the game plan. And so too was just wanting to be that bit more consistent. And so I won't run you through the whole process of all of the questions I asked and all of the kind of answers I came up with. I think that would be interesting. I think that you would get value from me running through that, but that's just not for today because it would take too long. Like it was a big document. But essentially, the top question was about sleep, right? Because One of the big factors for me, at least, as to whether I have a productive 
useful day where I get everything done that I need to is sleep. Why? Because I plan my entire day the night before. And so if I wake up on time and that plan begins on time and everything runs on time, that means I'm getting done everything I need to, providing I have the energy. We'll get to that in a minute. Whereas on the days when I wake up late or I haven't had enough sleep, that's when it causes issues. So for at least the next chapter of my life, rather than fucking around with trying to be a morning person or trying to wake up whenever or all these like different ideas that I played with in the past, some of which were useful and some of which weren't, I asked the question, if I had to wake up every day consistently without an alarm, based on the 27 years of data that I so far have about myself and when I can and cannot comfortably wake up without an alarm, what time would that be? And I said, okay, I think that time is probably around 8am. I can comfortably most days wake up at 8am and feel good. Right. Okay. So let's work backwards from there. If I need to wake up at 8am, I need to really be trying to sleep by half 11 the previous night, right? To get those eight hours of sleep with a bit of wiggle room. Cool. Okay. So if I want to be trying to sleep by half 11, I really need to be kind of off my phone, off my laptop, off of any device, just like really getting ready to sleep by about 11. So working backwards from there, whatever the final activity of the day is, whether it's the gym or a run or working or a podcast or literally anything else within reasons, of course, there are some social plans that overrun. If I want to be in bed by 11, I need to be finishing that really by 10. Okay. So then we have this, this window, right? Between 8am and 10pm, that's the window of opportunity. So inside of that in my calendar, between Monday and Sunday, I then baked in kind of hard coded for one of a better phrase, all of the optional things that I know that I want to get done to make them, I wouldn't say non-negotiables because they're not that kind of hard and fast, but they're predefined in the calendar as recurring tasks every single week. So that, and I think I've spoken about this concept before, if I want to remove something, I need to proactively remove it, right? So I can see what I'm removing from my calendar. I can see which optional things I am deciding not to do or don't have the time to do or whatever because they're in there first. So they're all in there. The runs, the gym going, the podcast guest outreach, the recording of the podcast every Thursday. Hence, here I am. Hello. All of these things, editing the vlog is all in there, right? So then we have this smaller container of empty time. And that time is generally between working hours, right? Between like half eight, nine and say 7 p.m. Generally Monday to Friday with a bit of wiggle room on the Sunday if I need it. And inside of that container is where I'm planning my working time because, and you know what I'm talking about if you run a business, right? You could have an indefinitely long to-do list. There is no end of things that you could be doing. Like really, you could spend an entire week working 12 hour days, finish the week and realize there's still more that you could do if you wanted to spend the time doing it right. And so rather than allowing my days to be open ended and planning them around this kind of indefinitely long period of time where I could do anything, planning in the sleep first, then the optional things that I know I want to get done to move my life forward. And then and only then putting in work tasks forces me to prioritize about what's actually important. It also forces me to follow a plan which if I slip up on, I know exactly what I'm saying no to. For example, tonight, because I'm running a little bit late because I had to go and give someone a lift somewhere, I probably won't go to the gym. Now, I will see that in my calendar when it comes around and I'll have to proactively delete it to kind of mark that I didn't go so I can see what's going on. Now, this is all in a pursuit to do two 
interconnected things. And I think these four words, which this week's vlog that I'm recording right now, funnily enough, is all about. So you'll see this in a couple of weeks in video format as well. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself. These four words, I think, are the unlock to everything that you want to do in life. And they are planning time and managing energy. Now, let me define both of those because they are importantly different, but completely connected, right? So planning time and managing energy, because people talk about managing time. And Paul Moore said to me this time last year, when we recorded our conversation, that you cannot manage time, right? And this was a big unlock for me. You can't manage time. Try managing time. Try slowing down the next hour. Try speeding up the next four hours. Try and make next week come around faster. Try and move backwards in time to change something. You can't do anything with time. You have to just accept that time will pass. And he says that as a result of that, you should try to manage your energy. Because if you can get more done within the time, I guess his point is, then the time almost bends to you rather than you trying to bend the time. However, I think that goes a step further. Now, it's not going to surprise you to hear that I'm a big advocate of planning my life, right? Of having a day plan every single day and time boxing everything in a calendar and all of this stuff. I think that the unlock to answer all of the questions I just posed, to solve all of the issues that I just ran through, is those two things. It's planning time in such a way where everything that you want to get done has a time slot in your day or in your week and also forces you to choose priorities because time is close-ended, right? You can't create more of it. So in any given, say, 16-hour period of time when you're awake, if you're planning your time, you have to inherently choose priorities because not everything will fit into a 16-hour day. And if you try and fit too much into your calendar, as Rick Pastor taught us a few years ago, you'll very quickly realize that that's not how it works and you'll be chopping things out very quickly. So planning time. But then the second piece, managing energy, because it's all well and good. And I'm sure you know this already because we have all been there, myself included, a thousand times over when you have a to-do list and you have the best intentions to wake up at a certain time and go to the gym and go for a run and work for 12 hours and then do this thing and then make social plans and have this really packed day. But if you don't have the energy for it, if you can't manage your energy appropriately relative to the time you have planned, then it's no good. One doesn't exist without the other, or at least one doesn't get done without the other. A plan is fantastic, but a plan that you don't have the energy to action is useless. It's as good as not having a plan. And maybe in some ways it's worse because there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you've devised a really good plan, right? Feeling like you have allocated time appropriately in a way that you know you can achieve and then not achieving it because you just don't feel like it or because you didn't get enough sleep last night or because that really carb heavy lunch you ate two hours ago is making you feel terrible and you just want to go home and have a nap or whatever it might be. So those two things in amongst everything else I just spoke about are essentially my mantra right now. If I can effectively plan my time and in doing so pick priorities and then through lifestyle, through sleep, through just being really mindful about what I plan to do when and knowing myself and having self-awareness, if I can manage my energy to meet the demands of the time I have planned, those four words, or crucially the really complicated, difficult to follow action that sits behind those four words, planning time, managing energy is the unlock. And so that's my little mission. And I guess that's a good intro as to where I've been and what I've been doing because we've been on a journey. And that journey is trying to work out how to get back to being more consistent. 
And then just to kind of continue this theme, I've also been asking uh, slightly more specific questions about the content. And I mean this in a positive way, because you will realize that this year has been really inconsistent with things like the podcast. Again, I won't go into it because you know the story already. But if I kind of pull back the curtain for a moment, lots of that came from following the wrong metrics for a period of time with the podcast. Now, I don't say this to discredit any of the guests I've had, because I mean this in the most sincere way possible. Every single guest I've had is amazing and they all had their own incredible insights and they have all given their time and many of the episodes have gone on to do thousands tens of thousands of plays and really changed people's lives like there is an example that I won't speak of of one of the episodes that literally and I got forward this forwarded this message by a guest because they had it sent to them by somebody at 3am literally saved somebody's life so this is not to say that I don't like the guests but this is to say that I was picking guests to follow the wrong metrics and I was focused too much on consistency and getting big guests and short form content and all of this stuff. And so one of the big questions I've been asking over the past maybe six months, and it explains in some part the kind of lack of consistency, it explains in some part the pivots and the experiments I've been running, it explains in some part the the silence, the gaps, the lack of content for like a month at a time before I come back with something different and test that. And it's essentially the question of with this content, what game am I playing, right? Because we, we know the phrase, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And it's really, really easy when you have a podcast or do any kind of content, but a podcast I think is the, the worst example of this out there in culture right now especially when you look at the big players who are doing so well, to think that that is what you want to do, right? To, to play the stupid game and win the stupid prizes. And so you end up booking a random collection of unrelated guests and producing endless, low-quality, boring, short-form content, thinking that all of these short-form views mean something. They don't mean anything, right? I know people with millions and millions of short-form views who have told me directly that it has translated into nothing not a single extra play on their podcast, not a single additional follower, not a single kind of growth metric of personal brand recognition. It's so fickle, it doesn't mean anything. So, you know, random guests, endless short form content, clickbait, trying to make every video seem like it is the the obvious extension of the diary of a CEO, right? Who are the kings of clickbait. They're very good at what they do there, but your podcast doesn't need to be this. And then kind of riding on the coattails of others. So selecting guests based on, for example, how many followers they have or whether they have their own reach and all this stuff, right? And I think what you need to ask when you're in the content game, especially when you're, as I am, like what, four years deep into this now, you need to ask, where does it leave you? What equity are you building? And what is the end goal? And these are questions that towards the middle of this year, at least, I was contending with, hence the big gaps, right? I was like, what am I doing this for? Because I enjoy it, but enjoying it is only one piece of the puzzle, right? You can enjoy something, but still get kind of swept away with the shiny metrics and the exciting chase of guests and whatnot. And there will still be guests, 100%, and there will be big guests, but they won't be selected purely based on, are they a big guest? And so, as I've been going through this kind of journey, for want of a better word, I think that the answers to those questions are a lot clearer recently. I think directionally, there is now a reason, a really carefully considered reason, 
for each piece of the puzzle when it comes to the content, that being the podcast, solo episodes, the podcast, guest episodes, the vlog, and the short form content. And so in that sense, I feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident about the content now, about each of those pillars. And I also feel confident in saying that unless some crazy new platform comes out that seems to change the game, you're probably not going to see me do any content that's different to those pillars in the near future. Like this side of 2025, I'm probably not going to do an email list as tempting as it is. I'm probably not going to have like a a public discord or all these other things that people launch. Like it's probably just going to be those four things, right? Solo episodes of the podcast, guest episodes of the podcast, the vlog and short form video content. And that's because I have set what the kind of short to medium term goal is for my life more generally, actually. And then I'm working backwards from there to ensure that all of this content, as well as just being nice and feeling good and I enjoy recording it and hopefully it's useful to you, actually moves towards a goal. Because when you have a podcast for six months or a year and a bit, or like even two years, right? The first two years of this were easy because it's like this new exciting thing. But, you know, I'm getting on for half a decade of doing this, like not far off. And I'm moving towards 30 and I'm thinking about what do I want to have achieved from my 20s and all of these questions. And by the way, I'm not thinking about them in like a scary existential way. These are just naturally, as I'm sure you're aware, questions that crop up in your mind from time to time. And as I look at where I spend my time, I want to make sure that each piece of my life is serving the others in some way. And so I guess this is all to say that those pillars of content and the kind of direction behind them and the reason for them is what I'm considering the foundation, the new foundation, because there's the big gap and there's the kind of identity crisis of the content and all the stuff that's happened in the past that you already know about. And now it feels like everything makes sense and it all feels right. And so this is the place that I want to build from. And I mean, you can probably guess what the short to medium term goal is if you watch any of my content and realize the big project I'm working on right now and then work backwards in your mind to to guess how content may play into the release of said thing in about a year's time. So like it it doesn't take a genius to work that out, but it all just makes sense in my mind. And then the third somewhat related point that I want to discuss because it's a conversation that I've been having a lot recently. So I've met with lots of friends over the past couple of weeks and had some amazing hours long undistracted open-ended conversations with Will Lenny, Will from China as I always call him, that's his username, with Patrick Pinto with a few other people where I've just spoken and listened for hours, right? No phones, no distractions, no music, just talking. And it seems like everybody agrees, particularly those who are trying to do something interesting with their life, that when you zoom in, progress looks and feels messy and unorganized. It feels like this kind of doubtful fumbling. But then when you zoom out, progress looks like this well-planned intentional action like you knew what you were doing all along like the doubt was never there right it was it was never in doubt it was always going to happen but i think that it's important to understand and this is something that i'm trying to remind myself particularly after the past few months of busyness and feeling like i'm not doing everything i want to and actually if you've watched the last two vlogs somebody messaged me about this last night just to be like yo are you okay and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? They're like, I watched the vlog and you seem a bit like stressed and down. And I'm like, no, that's just the reality. Like normally when you watch my content, it's 
me doing like a short form video or a scripted video at a time of day that is convenient for me in an environment which is conducive to producing content or I'm speaking into this microphone producing a podcast in such a way where this just feels comfortable to me. With the vlog, if you haven't watched it yet, you can see it on my YouTube channel. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But with the vlog, I'm just putting a camera in my face at all times of day. And like, ask anybody who leaves their job at 10 p.m. at night after a very busy day. Like, sometimes you're going to seem stressed. So, like, I'm completely fine. But those last few episodes show that sometimes in all of our lives, mine included, things in the moment can feel very messy, right? They can feel unorganized. That, that phrase I just used, this kind of doubtful fumbling forward, it can feel like you're not really getting anywhere. And the interesting insight that I've had from the vlog so far is that it feels a lot of the time in the moment, like I've had a shit day and nothing's moving forward and I'm tired and there are these stresses and la la la. But then two weeks later, when I sit down to edit that footage, A, it doesn't seem as bad when I watch it back. I'm like, I seem okay. I don't seem that stressed. But B, almost all of the things that were stressful in any given day, that kind of messiness no longer exists because things move on so quickly. And so I've been trying to remind myself that in these messy days, even with the best intentions and the best planning and the best energy management and all the stuff I just spoke about is still going to feel messy because I'm trying to do a lot right. I'm trying to grow a business more than we've ever grown it before whilst trying to run several big runs over the next year whilst trying to write a 75,000 page, sorry, word, not page, Jesus, 75,000 word book whilst trying to do a 30 minute short film about my week every week on a Sunday, whilst trying to do a pod- podcast every Thursday, whilst trying to produce short form content, whilst trying to maintain a social life, whilst trying to go to the gym and eat good foods and all this stuff, it's going to feel messy and not everything's going to go right. And you're going to, in the same way that I do, focus too much on the things that you're not doing and not give yourself enough credit for the things that you are doing, right? Like it can feel, and I, I speak for myself here, that my life hasn't progressed in years in some ways, right? Because on those messy days, when you're just so distracted by whatever is going on immediately in front of you, it can feel like, oh God, well, well, this brings up the same feelings as five years ago when this other business situation happened. But it just takes a moment to, like I said, zoom out and realize that almost every facet of my life has progressed no end over the past five years to the point where I am hardly the same person I was back then. The business is way stronger, way more robust, way more respected than it was back then. We have far more clients doing far more exciting work. Our results are better. We manage our clients better. Our communication is better, right? Five years ago, I didn't have the podcast. Now I have almost 200 episodes. Five years ago, I couldn't look a stranger in the eye and have a conversation. Now I speak to my actual idols and manage to hold a hour long, hopefully fairly convincing conversation with them. Five years ago, I couldn't hold up a Snapchat camera and talk into a camera for 11 seconds without feeling really awkward. Now I produce 30 minute two camera videos every single Sunday. Five years ago, I wasn't really this person. But in the moment, it's really hard to see that change. In the moment, it's really hard to give yourself credit for where you're going. And so this is all to say, and I say this for myself and hopefully for anybody listening too, that even if in this exact moment or this week or this month or this year or this period of your life, you feel like you're not moving forward. I don't think there's a way to avoid feeling like that. And if there is, I'm sure somebody can tell me, but what you can do is trust that in spite of that feeling, in spite of the messiness of life, 
trust that you are progressing, trust the direction and trust the process, even if it doesn't feel right on most days, because we only need to look to our own lives and zoom out far enough to realize that everything changes, to realize that progress is this continuous undercurrent of our lives, so long as we do the right thing on most days, right? And not all of the right things on most days. You don't need to progress every single area of your life on every single day, like some of these self-help gurus would have you believe. But just so long as you're putting one foot in front of the other, and maybe this chapter of your life is more about your health than it is your finances. Maybe it's more about your finances than it is your hobbies. Maybe it's more about your hobbies than it is your, I don't know, romantic life, whatever it might be. You don't need to progress them all at once because when you zoom out far enough, you have time for them all. But in those days, when it feels like it's not progressing, just reminding yourself that it really probably is. I think that's the only antidote to this. And so that is what over the past few weeks I've been trying to remind myself of as things have been so busy and as things, at least in the moment, have felt quite messy. I think that is everything. The book is progressing. I think I've got eight chapters drafted now. I sent a couple of nights ago a draft of a chapter to a few people just to get some more feedback. I like doing this occasionally because like I said on Instagram the other night, if you saw my stories, it's very difficult when you're doing a two-year-long book project and it's 75,000 words long and you've never written a book before and you kind of secretly feel like you shouldn't write a book because writing a book is this thing reserved for authors and oh God, am I an author? And all this self-doubt that creeps in. It's nice occasionally just to put a chapter into the hands of five or 10 people who I know will give good, reasonable, honest, but truthful feedback. That being not just saying, oh my God, it's great, but like really giving feedback. It's nice to do that just to make sure that I'm moving forward in this. It's almost a sanity check for one of a better phrase. So I think that I'm aiming to have a full draft of the book done by the end of June next year now. And then there'll be the task of editing and deciding whether to self-publish or try and work with a publisher and find an agent and all this stuff. But all of that will come in time. But for now, the revised goal of the book, because the original goal was going to be to have it done by the end of this year, but then I didn't touch it until July, <laughs> um, is to have it done by June, which I think is a realistic goal. So that's how we're going. Uh, what else is new? I'm running a, another half marathon on the 10th of December in Milton Keynes. I think I can get it to below two hours if I really, really try and the conditions are optimal and I've slept well and I've hydrated correctly and I've had the right foods and all this stuff. It'll, it'll be very touch and go, but I managed a unofficial on my own self, ma sorry, half marathon of two hours and four minutes a few weeks ago. So if I continue training, I think that in the right conditions, I can do that in under two hours, which would be a nice way to end the year. And then of course, the next day is my birthday. So I'll be doing fuck all on that Monday. If you need me, don't bother. I'll be asleep. Um, but in the meantime, I think all there is to tell you about is that this weekend I'm off to see Chris Williamson do his talk in London. Very, very excited for that. I didn't get tickets when they came out because to be completely honest, I was asleep, didn't wake up in time, forgot about it. They sold out instantly, but I managed to get one of the final two production hold tickets today. So I'm going to go to London on Saturday, watch Chris do his thing. That'll be very exciting. You know, I respect Chris massively, so that'll be fun. And then the very next day, I'm back in London to see Ed Sheeran play at the Royal Albert Hall. He's going to perform his new album, Autumn Variations, front to back for the first half of the show and then play some bops for the second half. So that'll be fun. I think that is everything. And I really, really do think I'll be back next week. So 
thank you for the patience. Thank you for still being here if you've listened to this episode because there is nothing more frustrating than a podcast that's consistent and you build your, say, Friday morning or Sunday afternoon around listening to it and then it doesn't appear. So I apologize if you've been in that situation. We're back. I really believe it this time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 175 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 